Hey, Brunch Nation, Dyke Michaels here, and I want to talk to you guys about Owsley CBD. This is a wonderful product that I've been using, CBD locally sourced, that um, really just relaxes you and it is good for a million different things. And one of the products that I'm very excited personally to tell you about is this Delta 8 THC. Delta 8, it's basically legal weed. It gets you high. It makes you feel great. And uh, for people like me that have a lot of anxiety, I can't smoke weed because it gives me way too much anxiety. But this Delta 8 is perfect. It's just like a nice, relaxing buzz that just uh, really helps me get through the day. It makes me feel great. And the people at Owsley, they're wonderful. They aren't like uh, other CBD retail companies. They focus on whole body wellness, proper education for their clients to ensure the most positive uh, results possible. When I go in there, I talk to Crystal. She's my girl. I go in there. She knows me. She knows what I want. She knows the products that I like. She's very helpful. They're a wonderful company. And I want to tell you, located right downtown at the corner of uh, Virginia and Fletcher, it's where you want to go. They got two other places. They're up north in... uh, uh, the, the north side and Carmel, and they have a place down in Greenwood. So wherever you're at in Indianapolis, they're very close to you. Go check out Owsley CBD today and tell them Harder Brunch sent you. Scrimp Scampy. Oh, no cussing, too. We don't cuss. Oh, though. I don't cuss. <laughs> Mississippi swells no, I'm just know. kidding. You can cuss. Ever draw in line to another time to the sirens of Chicago? Or Memphis's eerie glow Not quite cause you've chosen so But in dreams you're drawn to drown In such a small town to your instincts bade you go And you reflect on things you now know Like passing these said it all seems the same Embedded in patterns you don't notice The features out of focus it's a shame the flashlight just falls in the direction you're headed. Was that like a like a, a, a two thousand? I want to say a was that like a two thousand nine banger? Dude, that, I don't that was remember. yellow card. <laughs> that was. I don't remember what year that came out. Do you, do you know, producer? It Zach? says twenty uh, eleven. I would have guessed. This is twenty seventeen. No oh, way. Okay, I was, I was way off. It's still banging. I bang yeah. to it. That's not the right. I, <laughs> I, I love, I love how it bangs. That's the best way. Bringing those Cali vibes. Yeah, I think they're from Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're way off. But uh, I so this the, was made in 1907 <laughs> in uh, Colorado, right? The song is called Mississippi Swells, mm. and it's oh, about it's yeah. about growing up and realizing that your small town isn't all you thought it was. I think I knew that the minute I moved to my small town. <laughs> you moved to a small town? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but you know, let's save it. Let's, let's talk about you. Let's save that for, <laughs> yeah, you're the co-host. Let's save that yeah. for another day. Well, let's get into again. the introductions here. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me as sometimes my co-host, TV Zane Zadie. Hello, hello. And the ones and twos, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, Zach Roan. Hey there. <laughs> and a very special guest with us in studio, Hoosier. By way of LA, is that right? Am I using is that, that how right? you say that? Who's <laughs> your by way of LA and I boomerang th- back to <laughs> here? I think you would say it the other way around, right? Like LA by way of Hoosier. LA by yeah. way of Hoosier. 
Reformed. Right. Mm-hmm. Reformed Hoosier. Hoosier yeah. by heart. Yeah, I'm still a Hoosier. Jared Kassenbaum, welcome <laughs> to the program. Hello, hello. I thought that was a sound effect for a second, but it's the dog <laughs> in the room. We introduced the guest and then we played the Baja Men. That's, that's our thing. Uh, Jared, welcome to the program. What I meant to say was you're from here, yeah. but you currently live out in LA. Yeah. But Thanks then, for having me. But then you've been back here for like, I feel like... Almost a month. Uh, I feel like Actually, a, I feel like a year. I feel like it's been longer. It'll have been slightly over a month when I leave later this week. That's awesome. Yeah. How, how does one take a month uh, a month off? Uh, I currently work a part-time remote job. So Thanks. I'm doing work remotely, digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, I work for like an after-school youth mentoring program. And in, in town, there's a lot of in-person work, but I'm able to do most of it digitally. Oh, cool. And then uh, I also had a part-time job as a barista out there, but recently quit that because with the comedy travel picking back up again, trying to lean into that and just trying to live into that and book myself, assuming I can, you know? Mm-hmm. So are you, are you a pretty big road dog for being out there in L.A.? You know, I, before the pandemic, I was driving around quite a bit. Um, not 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 full time at it, but I was driving around quite a bit before the pandemic, and then just trying to ramp back into yeah. it. So right now, it's just you know, like everybody else, just trying to get back into it. The movie Nomadland is actually based on Jared. Yeah, yeah, Jared's, yeah. Uh, Frances McDormand nailed my my role. <laughs> mm-hmm. She did a lot of character work. She came to me before the movie. She was like, "So what is it like to work for Amazon shipping fulfillment?" And I said, "Well, let me tell you, not as cool as it was to work for all the different national parks in that movie." Mm, yeah. And not to mention all the bucket shitting. Yeah, that was my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part of being a road dog is is taking dumps on the road just in the badlands or whatever in a bucket, yeah. and you just chuck it out, almost like in like eighteen hundreds London. You just chuck it out the window and hope it doesn't hit somebody. Or uh, present day San Francisco. Yeah, 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 yeah. It all comes full circle. Where's mm-hmm. the worst place you ever had to take a number two? The worst place I've ever me. Man, I'm trying to think. That's. Uh, a question I've never been asked. The worst place I've ever taken. I used to have really bad, what I would consider stage fright with mm. my bowel movements and my and my um, urinary tract mm-hmm. movements. And um, I used to go to Colts games every now and then with my dad as a kid. Did you just call ping urinary tract movements? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with like a, a parallel to bowel movement. That's Is the that most professional I've ever heard. Yeah, my urinary tract movement. I feel the movement coming and I, I make sure to... But I used to go to the Colts games with my dad as a kid growing up every now and then. And we'd wait. Any sporting event, right, when you have like a halftime, the line gets so long. Yeah. And you, you're just constantly viscerally aware that somebody is waiting to pee after you oh, or poop that. after yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get so nervous. I used to get so nervous and I'd sit there or I'd stand there at the urinal and just n- nothing would come out. And mm. I'd stand there for a minute. I'd get back in line, wait yeah. another 10 minutes in line to wait for a stall and then still have nerves and still eventually poop. But like I had to like do relaxation techniques to get the poop out. Performance anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. Per- yeah I, had, sure. I used to have that a lot. Yeah, that's a scary place, especially as a kid. As a kid. You know, you're surrounded by drunken old men with... Drunken middle-aged men. Yeah. Who still think they're hot somehow. Yeah, and they're just... (laughs) That's my that's always my biggest critique as a kid of the Colts games. I'd be there with my dad and like, all these middle-aged men and women who clearly are like still trying to be hot. Mm. You're like, you're not. You just... You got to accept that. I think your life is going to be more enjoyable if you just accept that you're not at this. Really, point. at a Colts game? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Because I've been to a Colts game and everybody's ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Just Colts fans, of, oh screw them, they're all ugly. Colts fans are <laughs> Colts Stadium. I'll tell you, it's not 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 bringing the lookers. Lucas no, no, Oil, no, more no, like Lucas Boyle. <laughs> am I right? Nothing's worse than being at the State <laughs> Fair. Or like Susan Boyle. 
But I always felt like I used to go to the state fair and I used to always be like, oh man, look at all these unlovable people. And then one time I realized that they were always with like partners and holding hands. It would be like just the two most busted people. And I was like, I'm here alone and I'm like roasting yeah, these yeah, people. Yeah. Everyone's They'll in love. They'll never find love. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, they did. <laughs> they I'm did. the one who did. They actually, <laughs> they actually, I have, uh, this isn't a state fair episode. This is actually the Indy 500 episode. Yeah, same but thing. Yeah, I, save all this material for three more months from now. I have a lot of bad memories from the fuck the state fair is what I say. Yeah. Uh, do you have any memories from, did you? Did your family do the Indy 500 at all? So I've, I've never been to the actual Indy 500. I grew up in Indy, you know, lived in here the first 22 years of my life. Never went to the 500. I've been to the qualifying race once or one of the qualifying days. I don't know how many they have, but I did that. There was one summer in college where I was working with uh, an inner city um, nonprofit and we took a bunch of like kids into a qualifying race that they had gotten free tickets to, but I had never been to the true race. I have no interest in it really. Yeah. I think it's fun. The numbers of the race, right? When you think about how big it is, right? There's always those pictures that go viral of like, you can fit the whole Vatican city inside the racetrack, which is true. Which is a crazy true fact. There's a there's a full size nine hole golf course inside the Indy 500 track, and there's still yeah. room for more. That's crazy. Have you what ever is thought it? about what's the what's the capacity like three hundred thousand? So, th- is it three? I think it's one hundred thousand. Okay. Is it three hundred thousand? No, maybe uh, you're right. If it, yeah. No, three hundred thousand. Let's go with that. Because Don't worry, the, we have a producer. It's, it's, if it's third, really third no, three hundred thousand makes sense, right? Three hundred thousand. Yeah. When you think about three hundred thousand, and then how many people live in the country, which is three hundred million, mm-hmm. one one thousandth of the country <laughs> is currently at a race in our city. Think about mm-hmm. that right now. Yeah. One one thousandth of the entire country that we live in is it one is, one thousandth or one one hundredth? For to go from three hundred thousand to three hundred million would be one one thousandth. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, still, one one thousandth of the entire enough. population of the country yeah. mm-hmm. is currently at a race down the street from where we are currently recording this podcast. That's why, like, after... That's crazy. Good thing uh, we're not in the middle of a pandemic. After, <laughs> so, like, after 9-11, uh, there was a lot of, like... Uh, um, terrorist fears that they were going to strike the Indy 500 somehow. And it's like the I've most always attended sporting yeah, event yeah. in humanity. I've always, I grew up in Speedway, so Indy, I was like, I hope they don't do that. Indy's not a cool enough city to catch the attention of like ISIS. No. I grew up so, on the Northeast side and there was always people being like, Geist is going to get hit with a terrorist attack. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. Geist. So no, there, there is something in Northern Indiana. I think one of the forts has the largest reserve of mustard gas. Get out of here. Mm. No, seriously. Oh. So my high school during 9-11, like, he knows his our too. whole area he knows was on lockdown. Indiana. <laughs> yeah. And we all thought it was really stupid because like, we lived out in the cornfields. And I was like, why are we on lockdown? And they said something about there's a military base that you know has this you know the, the largest supply of you know still active mustard gas and wow and that's is that what inspired you to make your own mustard <laughs> yeah yeah he, he it's now an origin goes story. to market i got bit by a radioactive <laughs> drum of mustard gas <laughs> <laughs> wait um do do we use mustard gas in military operations do you know that oh i don't know like currently is yeah. that a thing because that feels it was cruel in world war one I. I can't imagine yeah. it's not cruel didn't they today. use that in um in waco when the when they um, they gassed the place, the complex. Wasn't that mustard gas? No, that was that wasn't mustard gas. That was uh, that was uh, mustard CS gas. <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, I mean that was the thing. There was like seventy yeah. people there that that they they lit a they fire died. in there and then gassed them out and then uh, like seventy people died. They died. Yeah. When was this? I don't even know this event we're talking about. This was in the nineties. Back in the early nineties, uh, David Koresh. He was a cult leader. Oh, and he had a bunch of like his you know followers living in this compound. And they like squared off with like the FBI and the ATF, and it was like a fifty-day standoff. Yeah, 
And then eventually they just uh, gassed the place and like pretty much killed everybody. No way. They were, trying to, they were uh, trying to force everybody out, yeah, but they, they were hunkered a, down. They, and they, they hunkered down so they lit yeah, a fire. Yeah, and they, they lit a fire and then they were yeah. gassing them out. But they basically doubled down and said, no, I, we're not going to leave. And they went down in their bunkers. When you say lit a fire and gassed them out, I'm picturing then the gas cloud being lit on fire. No, no. The gas was to push them out as, I you see. know. Yeah. But and yeah, what's no, CS a, gas? What does that stand that, for? That's like, uh, I, I don't know what it stands for, but that's just the... Yeah, I don't know. What's crazy because I was like, I was like a little kid when that happened, and mm. I remember like the next day it was just all jokes, like on Bob and Tom. It was like because they, yeah. they, the, they were called they were called the they were called the the Branch Davidians, and it was like how many Branch Davidians can you fit in your car? It's like two in the front, two in the back, and seventy in the ashtray. Oh my gosh! Like, and it was like you remember a joke from the Bob and Tom show as a child today. <laughs> what a legacy Bob and Tom have! Because yeah. I because I remember being like there was there was a week of Branch Davidian jokes and it was all like that. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, like kids died in that fire. Like that was probably not super. Mm-hmm. Like, but, yeah. but Bob was, and Tom have always been super politically correct. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that that was their one. I'm just kidding. That was the, yeah. That was their <laughs> that, one misfire. Yeah. But it was. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't just Bob and Tom. It was like that was just in the culture at the time. It was anytime yeah. anything horrible. Yeah, everybody was making fun of dead children. Do you, do you remember the Ellen joke after that? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna get real homophobic. <laughs> it was terrible. It was very rude to those dead children. I was young enough. I remember being surprised when Ellen came out as a lesbian. I was like, Oh yeah, oh this sitcom? this lady who always has so much trouble dating. Oh, she likes ladies, huh? <laughs> huh? So you still managed to take it back there. You're going there? <laughs> yeah, we were like, let's avoid the homophobic jokes. And then you're like, but let me squeeze one in. <laughs> no, I remember watching her show. It was called These Friends of Mine. And then they changed it to Ellen. And then mm. and then she came out as gay and everyone said it was super brave. And then they immediately canceled the show afterwards. But then like yeah. a few years later, she got the talk show. Right? Yeah, and then she became yeah. the most uh, powerful person on the planet and yeah. she abused people. Did you see that recent interview where she when she announced she's ending after season 19, which is her current season, right? And she's like, we're not going to do season 20. We're ending. And the interviewer was like, why not just like finish it with a round 20? And she gave this answer of like, well, because... 19 is unfinished and it shows that there's still more to my life. And the interviewer was like, mm-hmm, sure. That's why. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. That's why you're doing it. <laughs> I think Ellen demonstrates the classic, uh, die young and be the hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. She's yeah. Bane. Ellen is Bane. Half of her face is about that, to burn off. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a conspiracy that she's a, a CIA informant? Oh, really? No, yeah. I haven't Tell heard us. that. I don't know. I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, this is me just like not knowing what I'm talking about <laughs> territory, but I think I heard, I think that's something on Reddit. People talk about a Ellen CIA being a, informant. Yeah. Cause she like had the, remember when the Vegas shooting happened? Um, I don't remember what happened with Ellen when the Vegas shooting happened. So she, I remember the national she got the one interview with like <laughs> the guy this that. is some straight up QAnon shit, Zane. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you're gonna get my computer confiscated first off, Q. Listen, I'm I'm just uh, talking out of my ass. I don't know. I don't know much about anything. So you just pulled up an article connecting Ellen to the deep state. Yeah, this is some QAnon stuff for sure. Wait, I want to hear Zane's explanation. It's probably better. <laughs> no, it's probably not gonna be. But uh, so there's people that think because she got this interview, like an exclusive interview with one of the like witnesses, I guess, like the guy that worked at the hotel. I don't know if he was like security, but people think 
Because like people claim that that Vegas shooting was crisis actors. Yeah, crisis. But but it was also like a what do you call it? A psyops mission, like carried out by the government and the false right. flag, false flag type yeah, of thing. Real Alex what Jones. Is false, what does false flag mean? <laughs> false flag. It's uh, like it, like like nine eleven was like actually the U.S. government oh, yeah, inside yeah, job yeah. type stuff. So you right. can do something else. It's an attack. Based you, on, like you you, you attack, call your, you, attack your, you attack yourself so you can. Push some sort of agenda. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Sorry, right. You, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't come here to be on Alex Jones' QAnon podcast. So yeah. you like cranberry juice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, we, yeah, we could go into that now. What a transition. Yeah. I'm drinking a Miller. So Light what is this? I heard, uh, uh, I heard uh, rumblings of a feud between you and uh, popular uh, online personality Dogface. Yeah, 420 Dogface 208. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Me and him have some beef. I don't think he knows we have beef, but I know we have beef. Oh, uh, you have beef no, with Dogface? No, but, I mean, I, I'm happy for him. He's made yeah. a killing off of his... Um, you know, we, we can go into that. Yeah, sure. We, we, um, you know, if you, for people who don't know on the show, mm-hmm. I've made ocean spray related or at the very least cranberry juice related social media content for about six years. I've <laughs> seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And consistently. You're consistently. consistent with no, it. I, I, and I think it's even, it's just the quality has improved since I started in my opinion, right? Like when I started in 2015, my first mm-hmm. ever ocean spray directed video was called my passionate open letter to ocean spray in the fall mm-hmm. of 2015. Made it while I was still in college, and I I made this video because I couldn't find my favorite product of theirs in stores. So I mm. made this video asking them. What was to, the favorite product? Yeah, I'm super glad you asked. Um, it was Cran Raspberry Cran Energy Energy Juice Drink was the full title of the juice. Um, that's a that's a mouthful. It is. So so it used to be called Cran Energy, but I don't think people realized that that meant Cran Energy. So they actually ended up separating the terms into Cran Energy. So it's Cran Energy, and they have three different flavors of Cran Energy. There's raspberry, pomegranate, and normal cranberry. So this Mm. is a Red Bull, cranberry Red Bull, basically. So it's cranberry juice mixed with green tea extract. So it has as much caffeine. It's like a bottle of soda. Not as much as a Monster or a Red Bull, but as much as like a bottle of soda. You're talking um, like the guy that invented this. Like you, you know the ingredients. You Look, know. he wanted the job. Okay, no, so like I, yeah, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. That was always my my right. Like so I. In 2015, I made this video. I made a t-shirt that says, I heart ocean spray, right? I filmed mm-hmm. this video about how much I love this one specific juice. They responded very, um, very enthusiastically saying, we love the video. Here's a couple boxes of juice. They sent me like five boxes of juice, mm-hmm. they, like a few weeks after I made that video. It went not viral, but it did enough that they saw it. And that was the beginning. And I had only recently started stand-up too, like six years ago. I'd, I only started the summer before that, um, mm-hmm. the summer of 2014. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, this is fun. I can do this. So then uh, over the years, I've made little videos, little photos. Like I'll take, I'll take photos of me with ocean spray as if it's my, like we're a couple. So like every time I travel, I find a way to like act as if we're like, Oh, we're on the Brooklyn bridge together yeah, or yeah. whatever. And I find like a fun, cute way to be with ocean spray. Eiffel tower. That yeah. Type of thing. yeah. 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 Well, I've never been to Paris, but I went to the Paris, Texas Eiffel tower and we did, we did do a photo shoot there. So it's got a red cowboy hat on top. They've got a comedy club. Anyway, uh, <laughs> And this is true, but um, <laughs> I didn't think you were making any part of that up. No, yeah, the Paris, Texas Eiffel Tower is one third size, but it's got a red cowboy hat on top. So it's we have a highly we, recommend. We have a theme park in in Ohio called King. You're from here, you know Kings Island. Kings, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> Kings Island. I've also been to Kings has, Island many times. Yeah, Kings Island is 
They have an Eiffel Tower. That's like Eiffel Tower. Size Doesn't a I'm pretty Nash- sure it's a half size. Nashville has like a Parthenon or uh, one of those, like a structure from Greece. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's yeah. like a one big pillar. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> America, we love appropriating. <laughs> no, but the but the Paris, Texas, the two things when I went to perform comedy there, they were like, you got to see our Eiffel Tower with the red cowboy hat on top. Mm. And then there's a graveyard that has a tombstone where the statue on top of the tombstone is a life-size figure of Jesus bearing the cross, but he's wearing cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And everybody was up? like, you've got to go see the Jesus wearing cowboy boots. It's like the main thing people... And I was like, it's a graveyard. Do you want me well, to just snoop around a graveyard? But it's also historically accurate. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, so Jesus loved America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that ever since the Mormons, we have totally understood how intricate you know Jesus has been to American history. Yeah, absolutely. He wore cowboy boots. He wore cowboy boots. I just think it's funny. He was running around. He was rocking lead dungarees. Yeah, he, he was Wrangler number one. I mean, he... He and Brad Favre have really carried that brand. It was my favorite of the uh, rootinous, tootinous deities. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, he had a snake in his boot. Wait, which which one is it? <laughs> there it is. That's it. I've been oh, there. that's low. That's that's no. Uh, but people talked about it. I'd go to this comedy club. I was like at a coffee shop before performing at the club. That's like a oh, nice. Yeah. That's like a nice uh, working boot. That's yeah. It's a working boot, but yeah, he's wearing caterpillars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. If you're gonna love that cross tractor. around all day, you're gonna. Who needs sandals when you can have a nice, nice pair oh, of I, caterpillars? I didn't realize snake in a boot. Oh, yeah. The snake in a boot joke really works because, you know, in the Old Testament, in Genesis, God says mm. that you will crush the head of the serpent. That's the prophecy about Jesus. That's the original pro- prophecy about the coming of the Messiah is that he, he will crush, have a snake he will crush the serpent beneath his foot. So yeah, the idea yeah. that this cowboy boot has a snake in it is pretty biblical. Wow. I, I, th- I thought he really was going to have like a cowboy hat and then like a six shooter when you were first explaining to it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not that bad, but it's, it's, um, it's enough that it's hard not to drive past that in the cemetery and kind of laugh. He probably already started like a different statue and then they're like, hey, can we change this to Jesus? And he was like, well, I already got the cowboy boot. Well, I just can't. Yeah. I, no one's going to notice that. That, that was, was supposed to be John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> but that, ju- that means that somebody either in the will or their kids... I mean, they made that decision, right? You don't accidentally mm-hmm. make a Jesus with cowboy boots. Somebody decided yeah. that the Jesus I love. Oh, this is a crypt. Or a cowboy this is boots. A, yeah, this is a crypt. This is on top of a tombstone. Oh man, that's expensive, right? So somebody, wow. somebody decided the Jesus I worship. Yeah, that's how he's gonna look on top yeah, of right. either, uh, on top of my no. dad's tombstone. I like the country it's, western Jesus. Not only was he white, he also uh, exactly. Not only was he white, <laughs> but he wore, he cowboy, he wore boots. cowboy boots. He he made sure the cattle got home every night. But anyway, yeah. um, ocean spray. Yeah. So you're going around, you're making these videos. Yeah. So it felt like it was on an upward trend, right? I'd, I'd send them an email. I'd get an email back from them being Where are we like, at now? 2016? Yeah, I mean, over the years, pretty much everything from 2015 all the way through last fall, fall of 2020, was the mm. same story where I would contact them, I'd make a video, I'd make a post. At they, this they, point, they, all of your friends and family, they, anyone that 100%. follows you or has, like, you, like, it's known you're the Ocean Spray guy. Yeah, for the, the most part. If people call me the Ocean Spray guy. I, would I don't get, even know you that well, and I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I, I know you enough. Okay, yeah. Zane. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you wow. that well, no, but I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know like, I yeah. I, uh, I associate you with Ocean Spray. Yeah, I think a lot of yeah. people did slash do. And I think that that's been, that was a weird, so then last fall, I was like, okay, pandemic, I don't have any shows, mm-hmm. I'm going to dive in, I'm going to like, well, I think in my opinion, I'm going to well produce a song. So I, I made a song about, well, before that I made, my, my first LA-based Cranberry Juice production was I made 
a video called Why Cranberry Juice Inspires Me. It's unbranded. There, there's ocean spray mm-hmm. in the shoot, but I don't reference them in this poem. And I made this fun kind of spoken word thing. You saw me do that live last week. It was week. great. And so in the last year, or like the few months before the pandemic, I figured out, oh, I can actually turn that bit into a stage bit. So I've, I've been able to transition that like video bit into a stage bit fa- fairly successfully. I think it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, but then last fall, I made another follow-up just called Hey Ocean Spray, where it's me introducing myself and for the first time, very directly asking them to be in their commercials, in the song. I'm like, I want to be your spokesperson. I want to be in your commercials. I mm-hmm. want to actually like be a part of this. And that video, so this is September of 2020, that video went fairly viral on LinkedIn, especially, ironically <laughs> enough, right? So I posted on all the I social media. I you go viral on LinkedIn. Oh, you, yeah. You'd be surprised. So like my, my understanding of LinkedIn, you've got you've to figure out how to address yourself as if you're a guru of something to, to make a post do well on LinkedIn. So I okay. didn't just post the video saying, here's a funny video I made about yeah. my love for ocean spray. I posted the video being like, how do you market yourself to a juice brand? Here's five tips. And then, of course, one of them is like make a video or whatever. Oh. And then included in that post is the video. And then I got a I used to work at an ad agency in L.A. Mm-hmm. called Media Monks. Super fun job. Um, I worked there for the better part of 2019. And a lot of my ad agency friends at that ad agency tagged people who worked for BBDO, which was the ad agency that handles ocean spray. And then because uh, of that, a lot of ocean spray people saw it. So okay. uh, their, their marketing team was already somewhat aware of me from what I understand, but that put me on the whole company's radar. Okay. And so I ended up getting a lot of comments from people who work at ocean spray on the LinkedIn video saying, we love it. This is super fun. Thank you for being a fan. And then I commented on pretty much all of those being like, can you please connect me to somebody who's higher up in the marketing department? Because I want to talk about actually making stuff for you guys. So then I had an actual zoom meeting, although they mm-hmm. used some off brand zoom, but I had a zoom meeting with Skype. Yeah. It, yeah. One of these like weird, obscure brands. Mm-hmm. No, um, it was, it's called like blue jeans. Anyway, I did that a blue jeans. We're not giving up free plugs on this show. I don't think blue jeans is still in business, but <laughs> I had a zoom meeting with ocean spray. Um, a high, like one of their marketing directors to talk about making content specifically for their, for their YouTube channel because, um, and also the, the cranberry harvest was in session. So cranberry harvest every year, September through November. Um, and that's when they flood the bogs, right? The pic- famous pictures of cranberry bogs are these like beautiful flooded bogs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that that's not the bog year round. That's just a bog during the harvest because one of the most fun cranberry, f- I, I am truly a fan, obviously I, because the, the cranberry bogs are fun yeah. because the, so what makes the cranberry so unique in the harvesting process is that the cranberry actually has a higher buoyancy rate than any of the other berries. So mm-hmm. they found out centuries ago that rather than going and plucking all of the cranberries from the vine, if they grow the cranberries at a low elevation and then they flood the, the, the vines, the buoyancy force of the berry actually plucks the berry from the vine and they all rise to the top and then they come through with a net and they scoop it up. Oh, so they can mass pluck these berries. So they don't have to go they through found, and pluck all the berries. It's cheaper right. than it's, picking. It's cheaper than yeah. picking. They flood it, and then they come in with a net. So that's like all the famous pictures if, of cranberry bogs that you see. Yeah. If only the people at home could see just how lit up your eyes are right now. I love explaining this. I think it's very fun. So I'd even pitch to them that specific idea. Can I come to your bog? Can I explain the cranberry harvest in a comedic way? Can I interview some of your farmers? Mm-hmm. They were into it. They were loving this meeting. Literally that week, 420 dog face 208 who ended up eventually dropping the 420, I assume because he's trying to get more brand sponsorships, uh, started making, he made this one incredibly viral video of mm-hmm. him lip syncing to Fleetwood Mac's dreams while longboarding on his way to work to a fit potato farm in Idaho. 
and Ocean Spray loved it. The world loved it. It got like 500 million views. Mm-hmm. And 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 here's the part that I don't always tell people the story. I got inundated with texts and DMs about like, have you seen this video? And I'm like, yes, of course, of course. I've seen this video. <laughs> it, even my grandma emailed me like, have you seen this video? And I'm like, yes, wow. grandma, I've seen this video. Your grandma was like, have you you seen this shit? <laughs> yeah, she, you see like yeah. she like felt she's like they're bad doing what you. you do, and I'm yeah. like, I know, I get it, right? One of the jokes I make is like, they, he beat me at a game that only I was playing, <laughs> right? Like that that is how it always how it felt when that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, everybody I, like easily over fifty messages in like a two day span about this guy. Mm-hmm. And so I went on my Instagram story and I just said, "Hey, you know, everybody's texting me this. It's all good. Like, yeah, I'm I'm happy for Ocean Spray. They're making a lot of money off this, obviously, because people mm-hmm. are like, trying to recreate the trend or whatever on yeah. TikTok. And they're making a lot of money. And I was like, and I made a few jokes where I was like, sure. Do I wish, you know, because they had just given him a car as a thank you. They gave him an Ocean Spray branded <laughs> truck. And I was like, sure. Do I wish that they had given me a car? Yeah." Is my 200,000 mile 2009 Pontiac vibe kind of running low right now? Like, absolutely. What car did they give him? I don't know. It was some, I think it was, it was like a Ford a, something. It was like a tricked out ocean spray truck. It was like yeah. a, it <laughs> truly it was. I think we should probably look at the. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, truly like a tricked out truck with ocean spray yeah. branding loaded, on it. Loaded. Oh. It was uh, ocean spray branding and then also loaded with. Literally a loaded lot with of, juice. A lot of juice. Yeah, yeah. like literally wow. the, tr- the truck bed was loaded with juice. I bet if they knew that you liked like a specific kind, like like a crayon energy they drink, they, they probably knew. put that in. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you that that could be your, you know, you could corner that market. Like, <laughs> well, he's, we, I tried, he's, right? He's I tried for years to can't. corner that market. I don't know if I can. Yeah, yeah, anymore. but yours is very specific. I agree. No, I agree. And he didn't even try. That's what's hard about this story. He's like, I'm happy for him. It worked out. He went from a, yeah. he, he was a hired hand, like a day worker on a farm to now right. he's a full-time social media influencer. So like, good for him. Like, I'm happy for him. But I made a few jokes that I considered self-deprecating. The only joke yeah. that I made that could have been considered not self-deprecating was essentially the 420 joke where I was like, he's about to take 420 from his name with all these brand sponsorships. That was really the only joke that Maybe maybe could have been considered well, not self deprecating. It, it was not only a joke; it was prophetic. I, I right? it was because he did right. Because he did. Yeah. And so he, I get an email the next morning from the guy I had the meeting with, not knowing he was watching all of my Instagram stories. And he goes, "Hey, I saw your Instagram stories. I'm really bummed at how negative they were." And I'm like, uh. I'm I rewatched them like 20 times. Like, hey, were these negative? Were these negative? They didn't feel negative to me. I where I was, was he? Where was he on the on the rung on the he hierarchy? Was, he was yeah. one below VP. One, okay, so he of marketing of marketing. Okay, so he's not the VP of marketing, but he was like he direct he reported to the VP of marketing. So he scolded you. He he scolded me in an email. Like he could have just uh, he could have he could have just like cut ties, you know. So my 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 interpretation at this point of all of this is that he essentially wanted to find a reason to cut ties with me, mm. and he attributed it to this because with with Dogface blowing up, why would he? Talk to this guy who only has, you know, 1,500 yeah. followers on Instagram versus Dogface who's now blowing up to have, you know, hundreds of thousands. They buttered you up and then just brought you down. But so then they kind of ghosted me after that. Yeah. And I, cause I tried to respond to the like, why were you so negative email? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't think I was being negative. And then I realized in myself, I was like, have I been selling out this whole time that I'm that willing to like apologize to a juice brand for an incredibly <laughs> minor joke that I made that all of a sudden I'm going to sell out and be like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want that to be who I am. I want to be a comedian first before I'm like a brand influencer or whatever mm, kind of crap that yeah. is. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? screw it and then this last spring i made my most recent video um we were like fuck ocean spray i mean on, it, i don't yeah. use that word but pretty close right mm-hmm. I, I do call them whack you know that's probably the closest yeah. to oh, oh, well this is a family podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my i call them whack and i ju- but the song is called um 
out with the tide so making kind of a reference to you know ocean spray um and it's about how they ghosted me so the music video including actually a few indianapolis comedians who also live in la now um the music video about how ocean spray uh kind of ghosted me and left me so the music video is this visual composition of ocean spray leaving me at the wedding altar Mm -hmm. and then me coping with that so yeah Oh my God! Let's uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back. And may, like with your permission, we'll maybe we'll play a little bit of that video. Yeah, I'd love sure. to, man. I I I'm proud of it. It'll be great. Thank you. I'm just trying to. I want to make stuff that uh, has more viral capability that's more relatable ocean spray yeah. you move were on my to sun kissed yeah. you were my you ride really or die my drink or die my slurp it up guzzle it up every morning as a part of my balanced breakfast routine or die and you chose die girl you chose die <laughs> ocean spray oh no you tossed me aside ocean spray oh no you love going by ocean spray can't get you out I tried, you were almost my bride Oh, ocean spray I used to tell you I loved you I used to roll with your crew Like we was Efron and Blue I'm not begging you, come back No more slack, cause you been whacked in your flashback You're my favorite snack Sitting on that cold sack I had a convo with your marketing team And it seemed that things were picking up steam That's not actually him, no That's a friend You said we're going with him I said him you said yeah him what? you just sold us a lot of juice do you get that do you have a better idea after that i never heard from you anymore i'm convinced if you had skateboarded with literally any other juice brand <laughs> y'all would have been jealous and we'd be skinny dipping into a bog by now nice. but no dog face beat me at a game that literally only i was playing the game for your heart so true you broke his heart and then you Really good point. No more sharp sensations. Whoa. They really hurt you. You gonna be able to move on? Then, yeah, we move on. Mm. Move on, baby. Perhaps. Tropicana, can I can ya? Hucking my way through a can ya? Looking like I need a companion. Is it hot in here? Turn a fan on. Welches, hear me belch this. Any doubt left, let me slouch it. Moving my hips, my pelvis. Can't help falling in love, call me Elvis. Minute made. Still trash, actually. No rhyme for that. Simply. Aren't you glad I didn't say cranberry juice? <laughs> Even though you don't help with dropping the juice. Drinking you makes me feel so seduced. You and Nakatomi Plaza and I'm Willis. Bruce, I'm wonderful. Sitting in here like a waterfall. No more taste withdrawal. I'm a possible Bible. Road to Damascus converted salt. Naked juice. But girl, are we? Can we? Okay. I still drink you all the time. Congratulating myself at the end. <laughs> Good one, Jared. And that's the exact juice that, you know, Dogface drank was Crayon Raspberry in his video. Yeah. So that's a call out to that. How much money did you drop on juices? Uh, about a hundred bucks for that video. Yeah. Wow. Cause mainly because, you know, pomegranate juice, juice is like budget. 15 bucks a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Pomegranate juice is absurd. And I and I, I, I bought two like, bottles of that. You're like, don't drink it all. We got yeah, 10 yeah. more shots. Well, everybody else was like, can I pour it on my head? And then luckily, pomegranate girl, a friend named Kimberly, she was like, 
She was like, I'm just going to drink it normal. And I was like, that's probably a good call. Yeah, yeah. Did <laughs> you try to return any of them? Like no, the, I noticed no, the Simply I, Orange, you didn't open it. Simply Orange. No, he, um, he, he did. Oh, he uh, shotguns He it. shotguns it. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a little subtle. That was his call. I let everybody yeah. make their own creative decisions on that part. <laughs> Um, but that was a super fun time, you know, obviously I, I spent, I bought like two of every juice so that, that just to make sure I had an extra in case something went wrong and that, that gets expensive mm. pretty fast with pomegranate juice. And then, you know, I <laughs> yeah. spent, I mean that, that video probably cost me close to a grand in general, just because I also like paid for the beat, paid for somebody to help produce it. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, in LA, I just have a music producer friends. So like the guy who sings helped me produce it. He didn't produce the beat, but then he helped kind of produce and mix the first pass. And then I've got a buddy who does professional commercial jingles as his like day job for mm-hmm. like commercials and so i sent it to him and he helped kind of mix and master the final steps um mm-hmm. and um are you, are you on the tiktok is that i am on tiktok but i haven't had anything below i've got like a few thousand followers nothing nothing crazy on tiktok, TikTok i've tried tiktok's I, the thing where like i, I feel like a couple of years ago everybody was like that's for children don't be stupid but like i feel like that's with every social media thing is like i remember being like twitter was stupid i remember thinking instagram was stupid yeah, yeah. and then like tiktok that's for children and now all i have is comics saying Hey, get on TikTok. What are you doing? It's so it's and so I'm much tr- better. I'm trying to lean into it. I think I'm still at a mental block with TikTok where it, it feels hard to dedicate like a lot of time to one video when it also like it has the viral potential because of the way the TikTok algorithm works. But I also have no guarantee that even the people that follow me are going to see it because of the way the same algorithm works. Mm, Versus right, like if because, I make a two minute video for yeah. Instagram, I know at least my followers are going to enjoy that. Yeah, right. And it's like, although now with Instagram reels where you're able to kind of double post and how Instagram allows you to put a reel onto your main grid and like all that stuff, it, it, it works a little bit smoother, but... Yeah, because on TikTok, like uh, it's you're just barraged with like uh, strangers content. Yeah, it's not necessarily like even the people you follow. No, and well, and you know, there's like two different avenues on TikTok, right? There's the like for you page, and then there's the following mm, page. Yeah, and so you can look just at your following videos, and that's more of like just who you follow. But that's very few people do that because the for you page is like all the all the bangers. It's all the good video. I mean, TikTok's great, but it's hard to figure out the the balance of I'm going to put a lot of effort into this video, mm-hmm. but then if, it, if a TikTok that you put a lot of effort into bombs, that hurts more emotionally than putting yeah. a lot of effort into an Instagram video. I feel like if you if you can figure out how to blow up on LinkedIn, you could figure TikTok yeah. out. <laughs> you, you know, that's a really good point. I like the mm-hmm. way you think. I, I did crack yeah. LinkedIn, so let's see if I can crack TikTok. Only person I know that's ever <laughs> gone viral on LinkedIn, so. Thank you. There's yeah. something, that, something there. Hmm. I haven't. I hadn't thought about it with that mm-hmm. kind of confidence. Yeah. I, I was trying to go viral on uh, Tinder. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. well, like I, I made different, all, kind of, different kind of viral. <laughs> well, no, I. Yeah, I made right. a whole. I made a whole account <laughs> that was just like, "Hey, I'm just trying to get people to listen, like, watch my podcast." Oh. And I didn't know that you can get reported for that. So, like, me, yeah. it was not for this. But it was for a different podcast. But it was me and my friend uh, Bridget did it, and Bridget. Like we had a, like a, a gentleman's bet who could get, and she's like an attractive woman. So obviously, like she's gonna win. Yeah. But then turns out someone reported her for having a fraudulent, no uh, <laughs> having a fraudulent account because both of our bios said the exact same thing. This is like, uh, hey, please check out our podcast. Yeah, check out our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And like everyone just, like, I'm not buying you dinner. Bam. Everyone just swiped left on me. Everyone swiped right on her. Then was like, she's not here for boning. Did you? She's here for self promotion. Because I, I was, I've only ever been on the dating apps for a couple months, and I, and I've actually been dating somebody that I met on Hinge. Cool, for, humble brag. All right. No, I mean, well, I, I have met somebody on Hinge, and it's been going super well. So no need. But um, for for like a hot sec, I was on a bunch. 
right? And one of the ones I got on was OkCupid for like a week. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been on that? No. That's mm -hmm. pure fake accounts. Oh, really? I was on for about a week before just going, oh, this is mostly people trying to solicit sex. Oh. Like it was yeah. it was an absurd, um, absurd amount of clear sex workers on that nice. app. And I was like, how, how... How can I not? Like, how is that? I don't know. I came that, here for love. Yeah, like I'm trying to find a committed. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> and, and these these spam bots, they're they're getting, uh, you know, they're they're becoming more and more sophisticated. Yeah, like in in the way that they're able to convince you that they're a real person. Yeah, yeah, totally. They know they know the right keywords, and they know how to. I mean, they know how to grip and do a lonely man's heart. Like they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Facebook yeah. was doing that to me for a while, where it was just like. First, it was very easy. It was like anytime it's someone who's like spilling out of a bikini, just like a ridiculous yeah. like profile picture. I'm like, I don't know. What that. a what a good poet you are, spilling out of a bikini. I don't, just like what a way to phrase. Like we know exactly what you're talking. about. I don't about. know anybody <laughs> like this in real life. But now what they've started to do is like it's just like a schlubby dude with like a microphone in his hand. Yeah, like, I, that's who I want. And I'm always just like, yep, that's a comic. And I just I won't even look. Yeah. To double check, and I'll just be like, and then I'll look, and it's like. Do you like hot sex? I'm like, ah, sex bot got me again. They get, they get and at first, your mind is like, I do. <laughs> what do I do about that? Uh, I guess we should real quickly talk about the food yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of the brunch podcast. Of the brunch podcast. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Delicious no. food, everybody. If you ever have a chance to not have to pay for a dyke to cook you food, you don't do tell it. people it's free. No. Oh, my you, bad. You I paid, paid so price. much. <laughs> I paid an afternoon. Oh, oh my gosh. His yeah, microphone almost technical difficulties here. My uh, my microphone just. Uh, I I do get very uh, a little handsy with the microphone. I like to to yeah. joke it all around. Um, there we go. But that's why uh, we pay Zach the big bucks. Yeah, that's why he gets the big bucks for clamping for clamping duty. The producer and clamper. That's yep. the the two titles. Zach is reclamping Dyke's uh, microphone. <laughs> Thank you. What a sentence. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is uh, coming up with themes to do for the guests. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it's literally, uh, sometimes it's very exact about the guests. So like maybe, maybe I would have been like, okay, I'm gonna put cranberry and everything, but like, mm. that seems like it would have been, today, though, right? been obnoxious. Yeah. There was a secret cranberry and everything <laughs> like I made. Yeah, I just dropped one. <laughs> uh, but uh, sometimes I just like to do it based on uh, the time of year, what's going on. But obviously, we're in Indianapolis, and it's the Indianapolis 500 is going on today. Right. Um, one one-thousandth of the country is one there. One one-thousandth of the country is there. Yep. Um, thank you, sir. And um, I grew up in Speedway, so it's something near and dear to my heart. But my family wasn't a big uh, go-to-the-track. Uh, we could hear the track from our house, you know. Um, when I was a kid... I guess sometimes there would be like parties. I know some people, some families had parties every year. Um, and not mine. So like, I kind of like was thinking like, kind of like that party stuff. But then I remember when I was eight, when I turned 18, my birthday fell the night before the race. And the big thing was like, Hey, let's walk around the track because I don't have a curfew anymore. And so, like, that was the first thing I did as a quote-unquote adult was... Just I, walk around the track. Just walk around Georgetown Road after midnight and not have to worry about getting arrested by... Can you walk around the track for... Like, do you, like, do you have to break in? 
No, no, no. Like, like on street, on on George, on George. Like oh, street. Oh, around oh, the oh. premises. Oh, oh, right. yeah. oh, oh, oh. Like, there's I mean, like around the track. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, so they have, they have all the. So vin- your so your uh, act of rebellion was to to exercise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my my. It wasn't a rebellion. It was my my first act of adulthood. Uh-huh. Was to walk around. Your first act of independence. Walk, yeah. yeah, to walk laps around. Uh, to walk laps. Like, walk walk on track. the around the, a track bigger than Vatican City. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, just just the one side, just Georgetown Road. Oh, okay, okay. But that was um. Is Georgetown yeah. Road well developed? No, it's just it's just food vendors. It's people just selling food, right? And then drunk people yelling at you to show the tits, and like that's all it was. Asking you. Uh, they didn't, but they should have. Uh, okay. no, they did like uh, a lot of Confederate flags, a lot of you know, like I yeah. only did it once, and then I was like, "This is enough." Like, I don't. Is there there truly a lot of Confederate flags around the track? I this was this was a while ago too. Yeah, this wasn't recently, so it yeah, was all I mean, for Confederate sure. flags. And there's probably yeah. still Confederate flags, yeah, maybe hopefully fewer. But back in the day, yeah, it was all Confederate. I mean, flags. I bet if you go today, you'll you'll see people walking around like you'll see MAGA hats. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Slightly different, but think but about close it. enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's there's a very there's a there's a very like um, uh, good old boy element to to the track. So uh, I would maybe even proud old boy. <laughs> yeah, proud. <laughs> you got it. So I would only go there with groups of like 15 people, and it was like the first time we did it. I was kind of like. Well, I guess mark that off the bucket list. I never need to roam around the track at midnight. Mm. It's kind of, kind of, kind of creepy. But does that and that impacted the way you cooked the food today? So, <laughs> thank you for bringing it back. That is actually so. When I think about the Indy Five Hundred, when I think about the food, I think about those late night vendors that I was walking past, and so uh, we did. <laughs> I, I, and I always mean to write this down, and I never do. So the first thing we did, uh, Indy 500, I looked up. There was a thing where, um, you know, Al Unser Jr., does that sound familiar? Say again? Al Unser Jr., Unser family. Uh, racer. He was yeah. a racer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a racer. Uh, he, he's a he's an Indy 500 car racer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that family had a lot to do with the Indy 500 over the years. So uh, the matriarch, and I, I don't have her name, Um Alberta uh, brought up, but uh, she apparently from like the sixties and seventies made. They had a chili and tequila, um, chili and tequila party at the mm-hmm. at the Indy five hundred. She would make a big, huge batch of chili. Sounds delicious. And uh, and then and dish it out. So my take on that was the first course was was oh. the. Because also the, the most ubiquitous food at the Indy five hundred is French fries. Does this get published as a catalog of food too? No, like a cookbook. Could there be like a dyke oh, part yeah. of brunch cookbook? Yeah, we're working on a cookbook. Are you truly? Because uh, I think that would yeah. be really yeah. sick for this. I, I I assume you. I mean, you're the food guy, not me. But I I feel yeah. like I mean, they're having the, these stories of like, and that's influenced by this. Like, oh, that's dope. Yeah, it would be silly not to like capitalize compile on that cookbook. and have that as a cookbook. You, yeah, yeah, compile on the massive amount yeah. of people. It's all cataloged already on the IG, right? Yeah. And then okay. you just put that in book form. So but, it, it, would, it would just be like his Instagram, but it, with that's all cookbooks are right yeah. in a book. You don't need a cookbook; yeah. you just need an Instagram. I would like yeah. a calendar. Just it's, with it's all Pinterest. The, the, mm-hmm. there. Anyway, so <laughs> Google um, Indianapolis 500 food, and I, I think we could find it. But uh, anyway, so she did this. She did this thing for many years. So, so my kind of uh, ode to that was the chili cheese fries. That was delicious. Um, 
You can check out on our Instagram. With an egg on top. And and to make anything brunch related, I just put a duck egg on top. Throw an egg on it. Delish. That was a duck egg. That was a local locally sourced duck egg. You just went out to the field and found a duck nest? Uh I have a duck I have a duck guy. A duck guy? I got a guy for that. Is that for real? Yeah. Is this a black market duck egg I ate? Uh no, this is locally sourced. Uh, that's, the way you're saying one. that phrase and then not making eye contact oh. makes me think there's something nefarious. No, no, no. I have a, no, I have no, a, a, total, a totally legitimate <laughs> duck egg guy. So like how local? Like next door? Like the ducks in your... Anyway. Um, you have a duck yeah. guy. That's cool. Beach Grove. Some Beach Grove ducks. Um, so the second course was the... Help, help me out here. What did I do? For the second course. She had the second course was, uh, was biscuits, biscuits, biscuits and gravy. So, okay. The so cinnamon gravy. I don't think I've ever had cinnamon gravy before. <laughs> cinnamon <laughs> gravy? Yeah, well, there, there was, was cinnamon a, there in there? Me and Jared uh, agreed that there was a hint of cinnamon in was the gravy. Was there not? I'm so sorry, Dick. I truly thought I was, that was going to be a compliment that I noticed. Oh. Not a joke. Because I fully thought there was cinnamon in there. I, there what was am I, something sweet. What am I tasting in the gravy if not cinnamon? There was no cinnamon in the gravy. I think what happened is Zane, what did we do? Well, I don't think it's what we did. I think he might have accidentally knocked some cinnamon into the pot. He knocked a whole thing of cinnamon in there. Yeah. And he just didn't notice it, kept he stirring notice. it. He didn't smell it. Uh, put, You've never Google, had cinnamon gravy before? Google Unser Chili 500. Unser Chili. Unser. U-N-S-E-R. Uh, um, which means our in German. So. Like our. Mm. Our German. So, so Clabber Girl is an Indi- is an Indiana based company. Okay, and uh, so they had a, a lot to do with Indy Five Hundred over the years. What do they do? Um, they make like a baking powder, like mm. like Clabber Girl baking powder. Oh, okay. It's it's like I didn't know that. That's more awesome. often than not, if you go to the store and you get a brand of baking powder. It's Clabber Girl. Like oh, that's really? like the man. You think you know this city, and then that that's the yeah. main brand of baking powder. I feel like in the, at least in the Midwest. Okay. So 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 they would they would have um they had a lot to do with the track and and the Indy five hundred and stuff. So there was these uh, cheesy biscuits that they would do. So I did cheesy biscuits and gravy, kind of as a tip of the hat to uh, delish, uh, but no cinnamon. Let's be clear. No, 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 there was there was <laughs> any like, cinnamon. In it. I really wanted. What do you think we were tasting? Because I I really thought there was cinnamon. There was a in hint that. of sweetness. I uh, I thought, and then he, uh, he tried it and agreed. So I I didn't you know we didn't argue. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I used smoking goose. Uh, the uh, smoking goose breakfast sausage. Um. Maybe well, the sweetness was in the biscuit. Do you think? What was, was the bacon? I think it was the gravy. What about the bacon? The bacon was just smoking goose bacon. No, okay. but the, there's something in the gravy that made me go, hmm. So I do, for my regular uh, gravy, I always do uh, sage, thyme, dill, red pepper flakes, salt and pepper. And nothing no, sweet. Nothing, nothing particularly cinnamon. sweet. Hmm. But my taste buds must be wrong, but that <laughs> sounds, it's still delicious. I'm glad you found it. I mean, it was uh, good, sweet, right? It wasn't gross. Sweet. I, said I mean, cinnamon it's an, and they both it's were an adamant. Like, he's, <laughs> he's being adamant in his denial, but I I could have sworn I tasted a hint of cinnamon or something sweet. There was he did too, so know, I know uh, I'm not crazy. Cinnamon is not sweet. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have called it sweet. Is not it was a something sweet that definitely I was not used to in a gravy. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe it was like locally sourced gravy. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's what gives it the cinnamon taste. Yeah, it's more so illegally, it, illegally it was gross. <laughs> no, it was delicious, but I it was um I definitely I don't know why. I'm, yeah, yeah, it was good. There was just something. It was now I feel like it had like a kick. <laughs> 
Sounds like we're backtracking. No, 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 no. it was good. It, it was, was good. Sweet kick to it. I didn't. I was, the sweet I don't know if kick I of cinnamon. It was red hot. I mean, the amount that we ate of it is a testament to yeah. the yeah. that it was good. We ate so much of that gravy. Uh, so, we yeah. loved it. We guzzled so then, down that gravy. Uh, another thing, and uh, the street foods. Yeah. Um. Uh. Just the Behoosier tenderloin. Yeah. Which one in Speedway uh, is famous for mug and bun, which is famous for their tenderloin. Also, a tenderloin is just something that you would see out on Georgia Street. Yeah. So I just did a, we just did a quick tenderloin with a house pickle. Oh, so which, good. Um, Zach was saying was still a cucumber. With a, it looked like a cucumber, but it tasted like a pickle. I mean, it was. <laughs> Yeah, he like splashed a raw cucumber with some. No, it did not look like a he pickle. He splashed a that cucumber with vinegar. No, no, I did call it. No, it was not a. I mean, the, the line is pretty thin. Yeah. yeah. It's a thin green line around that's here. Good, that's the, good. It's a thin. That's good. I like that. It's I, a thin you know, slice between cucumbers. Here's what I hate. Uh, and if you do this as a <laughs> professional culinarian, I think you're a horse's ass. If I go into your restaurant or you're serving me some food and anywhere on the menu it says, Pickled cucumbers. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. But isn't that right. a Is slightly? It? Isn't a pickled cucumber? When I've seen that on a menu and I've gotten it or anything that has that on, mm-hmm. usually it's somewhere between a cucumber and a pickle. Like it feels like a like when I read when I've had a like a nicer restaurant like or in L.A. I've had yeah. like a like a lot of Korean restaurants will say pickled cucumbers as one of the ingredients in and in maybe one of the dishes they have. I feel that's a lot more appropriate on something where you're going to have a lot of pickled things. So, so you might have different things that are pickled. Whereas, if you're going to a burger joint, of course, the, it's just the a pickle. pickle is a cucumber. Like, I feel like that's. Did the, you eat huh. the pickle today? Yeah. No. Yes. No, because you thought it was a cucumber because it looked like a damn cucumber. <laughs> it it, it looked like pickled. A, right. I think I had a small. Yeah. But it tasted. Small it taste. tasted like a pickle. Yeah, it was a pickle. That's mm. why. That's why. Right, I but so is a cucumber. Yeah, well, a cucumber is a pickle. I'm, well, saying, no, 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 no. I'm saying that, a cucumber, but a cucumber is not I'm a saying pickle. that cucumber yeah. did not go through enough of the process to be a pickle. It was daylighting as a pickle. It was there. It was like a pickle. It was a cucumber in a trench coat. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, see, I'm turning the it was, it was the Columbine of pickles. Is what you're telling <laughs> me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so and then what was the oh so. Um, I like any kind of, you know, I think I'm a kind of over hot dogs. I'm not, no, I'm not saying I'm too good for hot dogs. If I'm at a cookout and you hand me a hot dog, I'll probably eat it. Yeah. But I really love sausages, like yeah. brats, any kind of sausage. That's kind of where I'm, my head's at. So I was thinking of brats. He's in a sausage headspace. Po- yeah. po- Polish sausage, again, you would see on George uh, on Georgia Street if you were walking around. Mm-hmm. And so I did a Smoking Goose is our local uh High end meadery, you know. So they okay. they make this really amazing bacon that was not good, cinnamon. The, it's not cinnamon bacon, but it was the garnish that you were talking about on the biscuits and gravy. Right, right, right. Also, it was wrapped. So we did super good bacon. There was two. They did a bratwurst, and then they have a um, Nashville hot chicken sausage. Both bacon wrapped, and then one of them we made it. I made it to a chili dog. I don't know if you tried that. So you kind of got the the best of all the worlds. There. I did have part of the chili yeah. dog. Yeah, that was good. And then what do you, do you? What's the? I know there's probably a really obvious answer between a hot dog and a sausage. Well, a hot dog is a type of sausage. It is okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But, I, That's what I thought, but then the uh, language you used made like, me doubt that. I feel a hot like, dog is a pickle, and a sausage <laughs> is, a, is a is a cucumber. Okay, but I feel Would like that'd be a correct analogy. 
A hot yeah. dog is a pickle, and a that's the way I learned it. Wait, yeah. a hot dog is a yeah, a hot dog is a pickle. A hot dog is a pickle. That's not what they taught me in college. A hot, yeah. a hot dog is a cucumber. A sausage is a pickle. Yeah, or maybe no, the, no, uh, no, no, other no, way no, around. No, no, no. Other way around. Because you, essentially, the analogy you're saying is which one is more processed, and that's the hot dog or the pickle. Well, that's right. not, the hot dog is going to be but, more processed. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but the that's dog, the analogy that we're making, right? Yeah, yeah. The hot dog might be more processed, but it's just a specific type of sausage. Being a sausage just means that it's some sort of emulsified meat within a casing. Emulsified? Yeah. yeah. So like 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 the meat's chopped up and mixed together. Okay, okay, okay. And so like yeah, like mulch. Like mulch. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> emulsification is like uh when you take oil and water and blend them together and they become one and they don't separate, you've hmm. created emulsification. Mm. So it's just creating homogeneity within the mix. Yeah, yeah. no, that's exactly yes. Yeah. You got it. Um, but I will say, like, so, like, my favorite kind of hot dog, like, if I have to get, a, like, a hot dog, I actually like the, the all-beef hot dogs the best, I feel like. As po- what, what would another option be? Well, most hot dogs are pork hot dogs. Oh, I see. I see. And they're yeah. they're the scraps. They're literally yeah. the factory floor leftovers are thrown into hot dogs. You ever been in a place in your life where you're cutting up hot dogs and throwing them in, into just, like, a cup of ramen? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've been there. Of course, I think I think everyone has. Yeah, fond memories. I think if if you're doing if you're calling yourself a comedian, a comedian, and you've never done that, then yeah, it's like sh- then sh- show me your parents' credit card in your pocket. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, wait, do we? Oh, and then elephant ears. I did some quick elephant ears. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, no, is that a thing? So I want to I want to talk about elephant oh. ears were great. By the way, before he moves on, just delicious. <laughs> no cranberries, but there's a different berry on it. It's like blackberry. <laughs> Is that a blackberry, right? I don't I know. So. Uh, that was a delicious berry. I like how you're like, I don't see color of berries except for crayon. <laughs> That's all I see. No, but a blackberry is the name of a berry. <laughs> you're like, uh, it wasn't quite a cranberry. What, what do you call it? <laughs> That's like the norm. I you don't understand anything. To. <laughs> cranberry. I'm like, it's bigger than a cranberry. I can take a bunch of an apple. Okay, it's an apple. <laughs> <laughs> you fill your car. It's not cranberry juice, but you put it in your car. It makes your car go. It makes you your car. Like, it's like there's three different prices at the gas station for different types of cranberry kind of juice. juice. <laughs> there's diesel cranberry. Cranberry. <laughs> Everything's cranberry juice. That's the yeah. that's that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> that's a good title of yeah. the podcast. Everything's cranberry, cranberry juice. juice. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, maybe I'll finally start a podcast. Real quick, I want to just kind of break down your experience from going from Indiana out to LA and, and then personal or comedic. Comedic. I would like, especially like trying to uh, join the comedy scene out there. Yeah. Man, I mean, there, there's been a lot. So like, I was. I lived in Indianapolis most of my life. I moved to Chicago at the age of 22. No, uh, 21. Uh, like right after college. I was barely 21. And then um, then turned 22 and moved to L.A. Because I just kind of like, I'd always want to move to L.A. So I was pretty young when I moved out there. I'm only, really? 20, I'm only 26 right now. And I was by no means the top of the Midwest. But I just thought to myself, like, man, that's where I want to be. Why would I settle roots anywhere other than where I know I'm going to want to be in 10 years? So I was like, I'm going to do that now. And I'd been performing for a few years in the Midwest and uh, moved out there. Man, I mean, there's a, there's an open mic scene. There are indie shows. There are clubs, just like any other thing. But there's just more of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's neighborhoods that you can stay within if you want. So when I moved out there, we've talked about this a little bit kind of in between. Or maybe it was before while we were making brunch. But it's like um, I used to go to the you know, the main club open mics every single week. And I got super burnt out because a lot of those are show up, go up where you don't even know if you have a spot. So I'd wait around for four hours and not go up, leave 
I mean, even when you do perform those type of things, you don't leave feeling good about yourself. You, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody leaves happier than they came. And nobody leaves more loving life than when they came. That's just not how any of those open mics work. So I burnt out and I took a few months where I was like, oh, I'm only going to do like mics that I know people at or whatever. And then it's been a couple of years of um, doing mics. I, I successfully haven't done an open mic, thankfully, since fall of 2019. I was doing enough like book shows, nothing paid in L.A., but paid sometimes when you leave L.A. And then it's... Um, like booked eight to ten minute spots on different indie shows and i'm like man an la open mic is a three minute open mic wow. right that's the norm of three minutes and is it it's, a, it's like a bucket right it's so for the big ones for the club ones it is right. yeah it's a bucket so you but, don't even know when you're going up it's yeah. just based on the draw but, but even if you do some of the smaller open mics like there's mm-hmm. a guy who runs a place called fourth wall mm-hmm. in la and he's like two locations and he does like four open mics a night i mean it's absurd the amount of stuff but he uses a web service called slotted for that so you know you're getting mm-hmm. a spot so like there, but even then it's still maybe like a three max five minute spot but most of them are still three minute spots and it's mm-hmm. like what's it why wouldn't i just go to my 10 minute spot and do three minutes of new material like the the pain it takes to go to an open mic is not worth the benefit when you have even remotely anything else on your schedule in, mm-hmm. in my opinion so i just Started, um, yeah, but luckily just have been able to do enough stuff on the road or I'll go down to San Diego quite a bit. Like I'm going down to San Diego for two different weekends in June, which is super fun at di- two different clubs or like one independent room that operates like a club and then one club and um, doing a bunch of shows there. So if, if you're willing to drive a little bit, you can get a lot more stage time because like those shows I'm doing like 15, 20 versus in L.A. I'd, I'd never do anything close to that amount of time in L.A. Wow. So, and then you just, uh, and then I come so, back and I hit up all yeah. you guys and I say, Hey, I'm in town for a few weeks. Anybody have any connections? They can get me on shows. And I've done nine shows in the last few weeks in Indiana, you yeah. know, which is more, especially because of the pandemic, more than I had done in the last like six months in LA. And I just did right. in the last three weeks here. But you also, the, the silver lining, you have more time to focus on juice content. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's been the, the biggest blessing of the whole pandemic is more yeah. time to focus on my juice. No, but I mean, uh, you also, no, yeah. you know, have more time to like market or, and like focus on other things. Well, I love LA, obviously. I mean, yeah. I could go on for days about why I love LA, why I think it's a benefit to move there. I think a lot of people are like, well, if I can perform anywhere else, which you can, and you can totally, especially in the age of the internet, mm-hmm. you can do, you can do anything from anywhere. I mean, but the amount of connections you make is just going to be different, right? Like even like the video we watched at the beginning of this segment, like those are people that are professionals at what they do that mm. I'm able to know purely because of that, that environment where in that city, just for them, or, you know, a lot of cities, Indianapolis has this to some degree for sure. Right. The fact that I'm sitting here with an actual podcast producer, you know, like, or like just actual, actual, yeah, yeah. he's you know already I mean? a sauce maker too. But I just mean that like, there are people that specialize in things, any city on some mm. level, but I do think that in LA, you just have a massive uh, amount of that. Right. So like, mm. I have really good friends that like, I, like the guy who helped produce the music video we watched at the beginning, he, he's a professional jingle producer for commercials or, mm. you know, like there's just so many different elements of like, I would have never known who to contact for that in here, yeah. to be honest. So I, I love it. And then of course, you know, I can bike to the beach in 20 minutes. So there there's, it's hard to beat that. And like, mm, I don't know if I'd pay awesome. any rent for that, but I, I'd pay the current amount of rent I have for yeah. that. And, it, and it's nice. And it's beautiful outside. Jared, thank you so much for uh, coming and hanging out with us today. Yeah. Where can people find you, follow you, can social media and all that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can definitely just search my name in any platform, Jared Kassabom. Um, but I'm Cast the Bomb on all social media as my handle. So that's K-A-S-S-T-H-E-B-O-M-B. It's a pun on my last name, German German Bomb, but then it's B-O-M-B. Mm. That's it, baby. Um... 
me, Zane Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shut up, Zane Zadie on Twitter. Yep, nice. Uh, actually, so our farmers market season has started. So if on Saturday mornings you want to come check us out, we're at Broad Ripple and Carmel, or online at Batch and O Two. Hell yeah, come get that sauce, locally sourced. Um, like uh, duck. You can find me at Dyke Michaels on all social media. We have a great show with Red Flag Comedy coming up the, this Thursday. Uh, your boy Dan Alton is going to be headlining and it's a free show Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, Gordon's uh, Milkshake Shop on Mass Ave. It's going to be a fun time. Come check that out. And then, of course, you guys can always support the Brunch Nation by uh, patreon.com backslash harder brunch. Only $3, and you can get uh, access to our vast library of hilarious episodes. That's where the juice ha- really happens, the, the sweet cranberry juice. That's where Zane Zadie's going to say things that are going to get him canceled. That's where uh, Zach says, you know, his most prideful statements. We'll just leave it at that. I don't have no, I have no idea what that means, <laughs> what that's alluding to. Uh, no, I'm just being silly. Uh, thank you so much, Jared. And uh, are you going to stick around and hang out with us on the After Brunch? I will. You All know right. what? I will. <laughs> All right. You, you know what? You know what? You've won me over. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to hear the, you're going to hear the real bog stories on the oh, After Brunch. You guys have no idea how many nights I've spent in a, <laughs> in a bog. In a bog. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye.